My name is Pierre Coupin. Art is in one way an addiction, isn't it? Something that you can't do without. And uh, you got to get your daily fix. And uh, you get depressed if you're not working. It means getting into the studio every day and uh, working. You know, you're not always actually just putting, you know, playing with brushes and color and whatnot and putting stuff on a canvas, but you're always working around your art and, you know, in many different ways. Uh, sometimes it's just reading and looking at things online and absorbing uh, new information and bringing things in from the outside that you weren't aware of before. But, you know, obviously the main thing is actually doing the work and uh, not being able to do the work is really a, uh, a horrible position to be in. You know, I think I belong to a, a long tribe, a big tribe of those so-called poet artists, you know, poet painters. And I think the fundament of all of it is a sense of kind of a poetic, uh, a kind of a, a way of apprehending and being in the world when you're making that apprehension. I mean, it doesn't seep into the part when you're making macaroni and cheese. Maybe it does, who knows? You know, as my friend Barry McKinnon, the wonderful poet said, you know, uh, you got to be able to write poems in which you can have the line, pass the cookies. And so, yeah, the mundane has to come into it too. The present studio is a purpose-built studio. Uh, we built this house 18 years ago. And so this studio is designed and built for me and uh, the lighting and the uh, extractor fan systems and all of that was, you know, pretty well organized. So I like having the studio at home. I hate having to drive to a studio. I mean, you lose time, you get frustrated in traffic, all of that. But when you have your studio in your in your own space, uh, then you can go and look at the work any time of day or night. And it's always available to you. And you're always thinking about it because it's right there in front of you. And then, of course, the house is filled with the work. So because I can't afford anybody else's. How do young artists begin now when the rents are so high and there's so few spaces? I mean, all the industrial spaces that you'd love to have, you know, big open floor plans and what have you, they just don't exist here for most people. So yes, I'm against this uh, move towards privileging only those who can afford. I think it's absolutely the wrong thing to do. And I think it's a hollowing out of society and a hollowing out of our culture. Concretely, what I can do is something that I am doing. I belong to an organization called CSARN, which is short for Canadian Senior Artists Resource Network. And so they uh, uh, pair you, you become a mentor, and they pair you with younger artists who are uh, looking for, you know, the benefit of whatever experience and quote-unquote wisdom you might have. And I just finished a mentorship with a young artist from uh, Halifax. So we were doing it over Zoom, mostly, and then by email. Uh, but we were able to accomplish a lot in that uh, seven or eight month uh, mentorship program uh, in, in concrete ways. So that's one way a senior artist can help. What I want always is to be in a position where I don't know what I'm doing. You know, and that has a lot of implications. Uh, you know, technical and conceptual and, you know, emotional, the, the drama that, you know, that it takes place in the interior of you when you're making something. So 
I try to put myself in a condition uh, where <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm really working into the unknown. But as soon as I've gone, you know, once I've gone far enough that now, okay, now I know how to make this kind of painting, I generally stop. And, uh, and I say, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I have to switch gears. And sometimes it involves a break. Sometimes it occurs after an exhibition, I can't work for a while. Sometimes it involves getting sick, quite literally, physically sick. Uh, and and uh, coming out of that changed. And sometimes it involves traveling and going to places you haven't been to before and seeing work that you haven't seen before and uh, being challenged by that. Uh, but for me, I'm not interested in churning out the same old, same old. If I know how to do it too easily, then I want to, I can't do it anymore. It's boring. And if it's boring to me, it'll probably be boring to somebody else. Impact, well, you know, impacts, you know, you can see it in the micro and the macro, right? And, uh, and you want people to have the opportunity to do something with your work. I mean, you're inviting them to see your work. Uh, you really want people that are tuned into close observation and are willing to take the time to absorb and then to reenact the piece themselves. In other words, to do what I do with another person's paintings. I want to have my nose right into it. Uh, and so that's in effect what I want people to be able to have, you know, the occasion to do with my work. So that's the immediate, you know. Then of course, in the macro, you know, what impact you want to have with your paintings. Well, I think of course it is a, you know, an, an attempt at immortality. I mean, it is an attempt to defy death. Uh, just doing the paintings is death defying and, uh, and, you know, continuously asserting uh, eros, continuously, continuously asserting the will to live, uh, to uh, continuously assert something that uh, alleviates or takes you out of your despair. And if that can continue after your temporal existence here is done, and the paintings can keep on doing that independent of you, which is what they're there for, uh, as you know, as 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 little energy loads. Uh, then that's what I'd like. Sure, I'd like the paintings to continue to be seen after I'm gone. Uh, I think that's also aligned with something else that is other than myself and other than the ego. We don't always know everything about our own work. And maybe that's the way it should be, you know, that if the work is really good, how can you know everything that is about it? It has to keep on revealing itself. In everything that I've done, the Georgia Strait, the Capitan Review, my poetry, and my painting, I've always seen it as a complex of involving uh, those the politics of liberation and the struggle for equality and justice. I, I've never seen it as something independent of. I, I think that the, the the work stands there as always a a uh, a bulwark against and a and a a kind of a beacon towards a bulwark against the forces of oppression and evil and a beacon towards what could be the best in us that could possibly help to make a better world for all of us. Beauty isn't a passive thing to be simply 
you know, luxuriate in and to have wrapped around you like a fur coat. Beauty is a power in the world and uh, a force to be reckoned with. And the artists are the ones who keep that force alive. The boat is tilting. It's all the fascists are there and they're bringing us all down and we're gonna die. <laughs> uh, we have to work to restore the balance, to bring that power of beauty in, to take away and to rebalance the powers of the darkness and of the evil. So maybe that's Manichaean, I don't know. But anyway, uh, that's where I ground myself. 